You're listening to the Crit Dev Podcast with Matt, JT, and Corey. It's September 16th, 2019, and we're two weeks out from Beast Graves' release, and the anticipation is palpable. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hey, folks. Hey. All right, we've got a lot of stuff on our plate, so let's get to it. So, guys, uh, welcome back. And uh, since the last time we talked to you, a whole bunch of stuff has happened. Uh, but before we get into all that, I really want to highlight the most important uh, thing that has happened since then is that we have new audio equipment. Yes. So. If you can't tell by the slightly better audio equipment now, we or quality, I should say. Now you can hear us all in glorious stereoscopic sound. Yeah. So now Corey and his toys. Your eardrums won't get blown out every time you're trying to listen to one person and then uh, turn it up for the other person. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, so let's get into it. What's everyone been up to? JT, what have you been up to, man? What have I been up to? Um, not a whole lot in the world of Underworlds. Uh, normal casual nights at our game stores, uh, talking a lot of theory crafting. A lot of speculation about what Beast Grave might be like, things like that. And then uh, I've been doing some online Blood Bowl leagues that have been taking my, the rest of my time. Nice. Cool. Corey, what have you been up to? I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. <laughs> now, um, I've been doing a lot of theory crafting for uh, Beast Grave, especially with the Dreadfane Warbands now that they're part of the general circuit. Um, we'll touch more on that a little bit later on in the show, but that's been my main focus for Beast Grave in the past few weeks since our last episode. And I think, Matt, you have the uh, biggest news of what I've been up to. Yeah, man. I was able to make a trip up to North Carolina this last week. And uh, while I was up there, I was in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. So I was fortunate enough to be able to hit up uh, Jimmy Molini, who is uh, the the, uh, Gen Con Grand Clash winner. He won that, uh, what was that, a month ago now? Yeah. Won that with the Reavers. So if you've heard about that guy, I was able to meet up with him and his good buddy, Jason Murray, who is from the uh, the Battle uh, Battle Mallet podcast? So I just want to give a quick shout out to those two guys, especially uh, Jason Murray over there at the at the Battle Mallet, and any of our listeners that want to get some more uh, content for your Underworlds, um, you know, addiction. Check them out because they have an awesome podcast as well. Get that cross pollination. Oh yeah, but no, <laughs> those guys were those guys were really cool. So I really appreciate um, their hospitality. Like Jimmy was a very very uh, hospitable. Um, you know, person to hang out with, and uh, we got some good games in at his home. Had some pizza, uh, you know, some some drinks. And was there mac and cheese on the pizza? No, there wasn't mac and cheese on the pizza. Okay. That would that been awesome. <laughs> Rolled plenty of dice. Um, from that experience, uh, how should I how should I put this? I think it was really fun. I was concentrating on the deck that I'm going to be taking to the Dallas Grand Clash later on at the end of the uh, at the end of this month, which we'll talk about more about that later. But so I brought that deck to focus on. I don't really know if the deck is going to work or not, just because I don't know since none of the dice cooperated whatsoever. <laughs> I rolled I don't know how many different attacks that night, and I think only like two, maybe three went through. Uh, I really think the dice gods knew that the crit def was coming up there to meet up with the battle ma- with the battle mallet, and they honored me by giving me all the crit defs <laughs> for all my attacks. It was it was quite epic, but yeah, man, it was really fun. I got to learn a ton about my deck, and even though I had uh, you know a pretty bad run of luck, um, I still realized a lot of flaws in that particular deck and that strategy. 
that um, you know excellent players like Jimmy Mullaney and Jason Murray were able to help show me. So hat off to them. Thank you for um, for hosting me, guys. That was a ton of fun. I'm, I'm hoping that we get to make some more um, you know make, get some more games in here coming up. I was gonna say, guys, thanks for hosting our boy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That was a ton of fun. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Besides, uh, oh yeah, the, the highlight from that though is that so we played a bunch of individual games, but then at the end of the night we played a three-player game. Right? <laughs> I was playing Godsworn, Jason was playing Godsworn, and Jimmy was playing Reavers. So you sure you weren't playing Warcry? <laughs> it was <laughs> it was just balloons popping everywhere. It was fantastic, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> And uh, that was a that was a ton of fun, uh, but the highlight of that night was Arnulf, uh, equipped with all sorts of upgrades. He had Hero Slayer, all the extra like dice modification stuff. He came in there. He rolled like seven dice. He was doing I think seven damage on a crit or something insane like that. Goes off right. He's trying to kill uh, Grundan, J- Jason's uh, last fighter, Grundan. Jason pulls out rebound. Rolls crit death. Yes. Last activation of the game. Stops uh, Jimmy dead in his tracks. He can't win. Jason pulls out the win because of rebound. And uh, yeah, Arnold stabbed himself with seven damage. So it was <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty amazing. It was pretty epic to watch. It's probably the best rebound I've ever seen. But yeah, that was the highlight. Of that it's probably game. one of the last rebounds you're ever going to see. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More on that later, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Besides that. Um, what else has been going on in current events? Right now, uh, I know the Nova tournament wrapped up a couple weeks ago. Want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's break that out. Sick. So, Jonathan Davis, for you guys that don't know, won Nova Grand Clash. Congratulations, Jonathan. Congrats. Good job, man. You won it with Thundrix uh, Profiteers. Yeah. And I think in the top eight, there was, was it four Curse Breakers? Jesus. It was... It was pretty heavy, yeah. What was it? Four Curse Breakers. I'm trying to pull it up right now. One Malog, one Thorns, two, two Thundrix? I think it was two Thundrix. I don't know. I kept up with it pretty closely on um, Best, Best Coast Pairings and on the, uh, the big um, Discord server. Yeah. But yeah, definitely congratulations to him. And also congratulations to second place, Dean Bills, uh, and his Thorns of the Briar Queen. That guy's been running that deck since he won with it at LVO last year. Yeah. I was going to say, were you going to talk about that a little bit? Because uh, we, uh, we've had a couple tournaments between our last episode, locally at yeah. least. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of local tournaments. Um, after, after Nova... Um, I think I'd kind of been concentrating on God's Horn and, um, but I, I still wanted to play some other stuff. I've been painting up the ghosts anyway, so I gave Dean Bills his second place Thorns deck. I was able to find that online, so I net decked that and brought that to a local tournament. No shame, man. No shame. <laughs> and proceeded to go uh, completely undefeated for the for the whole day. <laughs> so I didn't drop one one game. I think it was what three best of three matches, and I won each one of them two two zero. Had you played Thorns prior to that? No, no, not at all. That's how powerful the deck is, which actually brings up a good point, right? It, like the whole pilot versus uh, was it pilot versus versus deck kind of idea. Like you know, is it the deck that plays itself, or is it the pilot that makes it work? And I think it's it's obviously a combination of both. But this game uh, truly is, uh, I think. It's pilot overall, right? You can have a fantastic deck. 
Um, but you have to know how to use that. And that game, that, that deck in particular was really, really tricky. But once I started to figure it out, it just like, it was like a, a freight train. Yeah. yeah. Like it really wasn't too complicated to figure out. It was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of hold objective with all the keys. Right. And the thorns are great at that because they get to put, they have the push mechanic. So it was a very, very good deck. So it was, was awesome saying, to be able to play it. We played against that deck at, um, ATC. Yeah. The yep. Same, same build. And Who was... actually played him? Who actually played Dean? You did. Yep. Yeah, we played Objective Skellies against Objective Thorns. Yep. Yeah. And Objective Skellies ran up hard against that wall because... Oh, gosh. He was the only person that entire day that I was playing that was actually going for the same strategy I was, and he was doing it better. (laughs) So, yeah. Skeleton skeleton novelty just hit the brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys were on the other team, so I really don't know how that matchup went for you guys, but it didn't sound like it went too well. Oh, God, no. No. No, that, that no. our game against the our, our I got destroyed by Duncan. You got beat pretty bad by Dean, and yeah. and then also so Jonathan Davis he played Thundrick, and I was able to talk with him shortly after after his win, and he shared with me his deck. So I also brought that deck to one of our local game nights and just played played with that again, trying to be like, well, is it is it the pilot or is the deck kind of um, debate, and that one. 100% I think has to be pilot because the deck was just, you know, not exactly my style. And I think it, it kind of um, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me personally. So that's just a testament to how good of a player Jonathan Davis is. Not saying that, he, you know, it takes a really good player to make this deck work. Just simply saying, saying that he had the insight to know exactly what it took to win um, that big of an event. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. What else? Nova 2020, looking forward. Yeah. Yeah. Some big news there. The Next new year, Clash get, of Champions. Yeah, the one thing beyond a Grand Clash, you know. The Grand Masters Final Championship set Nova 2020. So if you haven't won a Grand Clash yet, guys, go out, win your Grand, grand Clash so you can get invited to the Grand Masters Final. I was going to say, if you're in the UK, it might be a little easier than if you're in the US. How well... Many- U.S. even still easier than other countries. That's true. That's very think, true. Yeah, the competitions over there is harder, right? Yeah. Like, oh, no, I was, I was thinking more along the lines of countries that can't even get a Grand Clash, period. Yeah, yeah there's oh, a lot yeah. of angst around the Discord, around yeah. U.S., like Russia, UK, and Spain. Australia are the only countries that actually have had Grand Clashes, I believe. Right. Yeah. And they've had, like, I think they just had one in Spain that had, like, a hundred-some players yeah. show up. Which right. is probably crazy. the only one in the, but in the region. I'm probably going to get thrown stones out on Facebook over this one, but I mean, Europe's the size of a shoe, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because I know they've had big events over in Russia. Uh, they've had big events. Where else? Germany, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, they had one there, yeah, I believe. Yeah, there's a really big one in Germany. I, um, I guess maybe the, the discontent is more of the recurrence of them yeah. rather than the occurrence of them yeah. yeah like they'll get one and then that'll be it yeah exactly Whereas we yeah. have a handful a year here in yeah. the u.s and, the UK. And, it's, and it's gaining popularity here in the united states because i know during season one we had no grand clashes right yeah well no we had one we had well, one no, in tennessee that nobody say, showed yeah. up to we had the uh, atc singles year one where blake went and that's one right. a bunch of guys that were given the core box the night before just so that they had attendance hey don't take that away from blake he won a grand clash he no did. he did he's the <laughs> only one among us who has a grand clash trophy so far so far our, lo- our own local blake uh blake hoffman hopefully we'll get him on on here at some point so he can 
regale us with the with the tales of him winning <laughs> we'll a grand clash and we'll stopping, people, bedtime. <laughs> stopping people that you just got the course set the day before. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so yeah, Nova twenty twenty. That's gonna be pretty exciting. I think that's also uh, really big for the U.S. though, because all the the biggest grand clashes have been over there in the U.K. and now. The biggest one is the grandest be, clash. Yeah, the grandest of clashes is going to be here in the United States. So it's going to attract a, a lot of players that um, are really big household names. Are we going to try to go to it? Yes, I've already booked 100%. it with, with the family. I booked it with the family. Yep. <laughs> First is book with the family. Then you got to get in Travelocity and book it with the with the travel range. I got enough. I know enough folks up in near the DC area. Shouldn't be too big of an I'm issue. I'm going to hike my way up there and just see what happens. We're all going to show up in different stages of dishevelment your mm-hmm. gt's gonna be the most the, like least disheveled because he's going with his family and it's gonna be nice i'm not going with the family i just told them that i'm going oh okay well you're you've already got it squared away matt's gonna be a vagrant hey, dude, i'm a single guy to... got no yeah, wife I mean, can... no kids i'm gonna do what i do all right mm-hmm. i'm just gonna show up and win like always right yeah it's the the uh, the road stench is gonna help you in your victory <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> a win by crit, concession. Crit this mo- <laughs> <laughs> Your opponent's unconscious. You win. <laughs> yeah, Corey, how are you gonna get up there? Um, yeah. <laughs> You're just like normal. I'm just gonna just gonna drive up there. What are you talking yeah, about? <laughs> I, I'm. I mean, that seems par for the course. If it's a long distance, I'm just gonna drive. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll probably find my way up there one more. How long of a drive is that from Atlanta? Quick. Yeah, quick. JT. I think it's Google around maps. eight hours, but not nine 100%. hours. I think eight. Eight hours. Okay, All right, that's, let's, that's let's carpool. Yeah, let's that's carpool up there. I was just gonna fly. Fuck you. Oh. Well, so so another thing is, uh, it's not just. I'm at least hoping that this is the case. It's not just gonna be the Grandmaster final. That there will also be a uh, like a normal Grand Clash for the people that weren't invited to the Grandmaster. So final. I hear word i don't know if this has been officially confirmed i was listening to what the heck's earlier davy and company and guest dean um but i was listening earlier and they mentioned that there might be a play-in grand clash leading up to so yeah, that so, might be so in the, in the announcement article they mentioned that there would be other ways of getting into yeah. the grandest of clashes without having won a grand clash right so I, I guess we just grease some palms and hope for the best it's probably how many uh cumulative uh, shade glass trophies you have from your local from your local meta. I was gonna say we at this point can use shade glass trophies as activation tokens. Yeah, our ATC team of Josh, Corey, and I had thought about doing that because we had enough <laughs> glass. Bring, bring glass trophies. Bring our glass as trophies activation as activation tokens, tokens just yeah. to big dick energy. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder how many. That would be awesome. How like a half an activation of intimidation would have. So. Yeah. How, how much of that would have been intimidation versus? I really, I really wish you would have done that. That would have been fantastic. Right. Google Maps says ten and a half hours, so I'm gonna stick by my eight. Eight hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're on speed the whole way. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, exactly. you can't get a speeding ticket for us all. God That's true. Man, stop, stop that. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, so yeah, so there's the play-in, um, possibly leading up to. And then there are also local ways to get into. Right. Yeah. So this hopefully is, this that is all stuff they, they need to reveal. They need to reveal. Yes, what's absolutely. Be they, the plan. We're like we're on the cusp. We're on the edge of our seat, waiting for them to say something. Yeah. Anything about what they've announced? They've just said it's happening. Well, uh, I I have my shot at a grand clash uh, coming up here at the end yeah. of the month because I'm yeah, going to be flying out to Dallas. 
uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, got word through the grapevine that there's going to be the very last season one era Grand Clash on the 29th of September down there at Dallas-Fort Worth. So yep. that's going to be really cool. Down at the, the Citadel, right? The big like GW store down there or whatever. So I'll let you guys know how that goes, obviously, on uh, next time. Um, but looking forward to that, and I will be taking my favorite warband there. Uh, you know, surprise, surprise, it's probably going to be something super killy. You and super killy absolutely have nothing in common. You're what I've, proud, man. From what you, I've heard tonight. I usually, what's funny is I feel like I've done the best with Dean Bills's all, all objective-based hmm. thorns. <laughs> it's, it's almost like it's actually your calling, but you just ha- it hasn't clicked with you yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like um, when I first started playing, I was an Iron Jaws player, and then as soon as the first BNR hit, I transitioned into skeletons and just ended up doing so well with them for like the first couple of tournaments that I was like, oh, shit. Well, I guess, I guess I'm an objectives guy now. Yeah. Yep. You are now objective player. I'm I've now, always been a fan of the hybrid approach. That's why I like th- I took the Thunder so well. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to go big or go home. It's all or nothing. Aggro or aggro or die. So according to Narvia, you were going home tonight. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sam. Okay. Oh good. Just for the listeners at home, we uh, so Monday nights. This is when we're recording. Uh, but earlier tonight, uh, we did our our local you know game night, regular game night at our at our local store. And uh, I played one of our local players. He's playing Eyes of the Nine, and I was playing Godsworn. And I did six separate attacks trying to kill Narvia and failed every single time. <laughs> uh, that's, how, that's how it is sometimes, that's what I guess. are made of. Yeah. So, yeah, so hopefully Matt uh, reps the ATL worthy, worthily. Yeah, as long as Narvia is not there, I think it'll be all right. Just remember, if you lose, you can't come home. Come home with my shade glass trophy on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think, so speaking of Nova 2020 and the Grand Clash that Matt's going to be attending at the end of this month, we have the big news that's been really, the elephant in the room for everyone, what season big, one rotation. Oh, that's big, that big news. Yeah. I haven't yeah. heard about this. Explain to me. What's going on? Well, in that Grand Clash at the end of the month, you're not going to be able to use these. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Grand Clash <laughs> is actually still supporting Season 1. Um, but yeah, it's post, right there at the cusp. Post at uh, this Grand Clash, all OP events, Grand Clashes down to store level, should be using the new format where the most two, re- most recent two seasons are eligible for play uh, from a universal cards perspective. Right. Uh, faction-specific cards are always going to be good, but... Universals only the last two seasons are going to be eligible for OP. Yeah, this was dropped. This news was dropped over the past uh, what, a week, over, two a little weeks? over a week ago. Yeah, yeah, like a little over a week, like a week and a half ago. That's right. Yeah, it was pretty much like over the last two weeks. By the time you're listening to this, um, and it has been met with a whole wide range of uh, uh, you know criticism and, and reception. We a saw lot of positive too. and a lot of negative, right? But I think for the most part, this is overwhelmingly positive. Yes. I think a lot of players are looking at this uh, like it's going to be, you know, the, the thing that actually helps save, save the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> we're going to have to like, record this over again because like, I was losing my train of thought as you guys were like... Sorry. Sorry. So, so for <laughs> those of us at home, uh, Kyler, the local player and owner of the impervious Narvia, uh, just took a video of his, what, eight-month-old son? Six. 
Six? Yeah. Six month old son reacting positively to hearing that Narvia survived six attacks. <laughs> oh He's not letting God. you let this down, Matt. Um, <laughs> He's not. All right, but bringing us back, back on track. Um, a lot of players are, you know, uh, reacting very positively to the rotation as they should. We knew this was coming. We knew this had to happen. And anybody who thought otherwise hasn't been playing enough card games. Yeah. Well, I think that's the big thing. Yeah. They haven't. A lot of the people that are big into Underworlds, well, not a lot, but a, a number of people that have been big into Underworlds have been on a miniature circuit, not right. a card mm-hmm. circuit so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, well, it is a competitive, competitive miniatures game. Okay, not listen here game. to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't take it up with him. He's not the one that keeps changing it. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> So, 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 yeah. So the season one universals are cycling out. And this is going to be something that's going to continue. It's going to be the, 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 this is the format for now on for people that don't realize it by now. So next, uh, so when season four drops, Nightfall, uh, universals will be rotated out and then right. so on and so forth. Yeah. This is actually great for new players though, because if you're just getting into the game, right, or if you, uh, you know, future players get into the game, you don't have to get all that season one stuff to catch up with all the competitive players. You get to just get the newest stuff, which honestly seems like with the you know the power creep is going to be playing competitive just on its own, mm. um, and then maybe some stuff from the from the from the season before that. So I personally think it's a great move by GW, and it's going to be extremely good for the game overall. And. Um one minor tangent that I want to go off on on this particular thing about rotation and playability, we mentioned that they are not rotating faction-specific cards. Mm-hmm. And in conjunction with that, they've also announced that factions that are being released from B-Scrape onward are now receiving a full complement of faction cards. So you can essentially build a deck just with faction cards and have it be playable right out of the box. Right. I think that's key for rotation going forward, meaning that every warband you buy even if its uh, universal cards are completely rotated out two, three years down the line, you can still purchase them and play them right out of the box and actually have a decent shot at winning. Yeah, so for whatever reason, the universals, you know, let's say they change their mechanics and now all of a sudden your warband can't use the the latest universals, they still are playable. Yes. So it's a a nice little way that they're kind of like, you know, having their cake and eating it too. Yeah. Or players are having their cake and eating too. Maybe. I think one of the things that's going to be very interesting, at least in this rotation and maybe the next, is going to be how the design changes once they knew that they were going to be rotating versus how they designed seasons one and two. I think we're seeing that now, though. Like it's. I think they designed season three with rotation in mind. Oh, absolutely, yeah. for season three. Yeah. Season two, maybe. I, I think we're going to have to find out by yeah. seeing how it goes. Um, but season one, definitely not. Um, just the, no. the faction cards versus universal cards. Oh yeah, well, Corey, how many, was how many orc specific page. cards were you using when you before you, the BAR hit? Before the BAR hit? Yeah. In general, uh, like two. Yeah. yeah. Cunning but brutal, brutal but cunning. No, I was having a good time. Those. I was uh, having a good time and. Good scrap, maybe or something like that. No. Biggest and the best. No, the the specific one that uh, unkillable. Unkillable. Yeah. The, yeah. The soul trap, but for Gerzag. Yep. Um, because you were also running Soul Trap and you were running to the Trap trip. and Time Trap and was this before the yeah this is before yeah. the BAR yeah. the very before first the, one uh, once yeah. the BAR hit the orcs were 
in the shitter, and you couldn't really. They do, just died. Yeah, they just died. They the orcs after BAR 1.0, the orcs uh, were then what Eyes of the Nine Nine are now. Yeah, I don't know. Eyes of the Nine yeah. are starting to take up. I don't yeah. know. Dude. After this rotation, Eyes of the Nine are going to be in a real tough spot. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're already in tough spot. I think it's gonna be opposite. They're gonna do pretty well. How? No, because what's gonna happen is the Mullugs are gonna get shot down by a lot of the season one losses, and a lot of the magic is gonna be on the uptick. And any any magically inclined, they yeah. are also one of the yeah. few warbands that can reliably pull off objective based play. If we're looking at rotation right now, because they're one of the few warbands that has our only way out. And supremacy. Yeah, faction specific. Yeah, no, faction specific are only way out, which uh, most other uh, warbands that would be playing yeah. this are lacking. They also have access to all of the tomes. Hmm. Yep. So, right. Because so they, they have a wizard. Correct. So they can put it on Vordy. Yeah. Or you know, basically, as long as you have that end, that third end phase big push, you can split up your tomes, and whichever one's still alive, either you know Vordimus or the Blue Whore or whatever. They can be your your big uh, glory yes. gang yep. at the very end. Yep. So all right, well I I, I am uh, I sit corrected. Well, maybe I mean there there's a lot to be revealed. So we'll see what happens. Provided a rebuttal, and only time will tell whether or not a rebuttal is actually accurate. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, talking about design space, this is one of the things that I love about competitive games, um, be it miniature or card based. And so with the idea of a permanent rotation now and the way that releases are paced where you have the core release two weeks later ish you have the first two warbands give it a couple months more warbands and usually by april we have all warbands for the uh year i believe um but given that in other card games there's this trend where the later you release on the cycle the more powerful it tends to be because it's got a limited more limited lifespan right do you think we're going to see any sort of that no. As GW embraces a rotation, I don't think so. Uh, mainly because of how what we know of GW's design process currently doesn't facilitate that. From what we've heard from interviews and the like, the design team behind Warhammer Underworlds designs an entire season at once. Uh, after they have it completely, <laughs> after they have it completely set in stone. <laughs> It then gets partitioned up into its various warband counterparts and released throughout the following year. But you given... might want to take care of that head there. <laughs> given that notation, I think even the game designers would acknowledge that there is a a ramp of least powerful, and most powerful cards, even within their one set designed at the same time. They, they they saw ready for action coming, not maybe to the extent it happened, yeah. but they saw that it was going to be mainstream. Yeah. Versus just a little like aside, where were you guys when you realized ready for action was the best card in in the entire game? We were at Giga buying our sets, going, "Holy shit, ready for action is the best card ever." Because I started playing with like just my buddy, you know, back yeah. uh, you know back where, where I used to live. In Why don't you buy, build by fire slayers? Huh? Why don't you buy fire slayers? For Earthquake, I, because Earthquake was awesome at the time. I bought Fire Slayers because yeah. I thought they looked cool. Yeah. I was like, hey, these little dudes look like they can throw down. Right? They kind of look like you, JT, actually. 
I resent that. I'm not nearly <laughs> as girthy as a fire slayer. I was going to say, JT's But I'll run around a... naked if you want me to. <laughs> Please don't. Um, JT's more of a free guild guy. I mean, Halloween is coming up. Just as feel grim there. I don't need to look at anything Show foolish right now. Please. Yeah, say, Please tell me Halloween's Whoa. close enough to a Monday that I can do this. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. but, yeah, so I remember I was like, because uh, my buddy didn't even play Ready for Action, and I remember looking through his cards like, huh, all I gotta do is put an upgrade on this dude, and I get another attack or a move. That's pretty cool. And I was like playing it, and I like I played on my buddy, and my buddy'd be like, "What card is that?" Or uh, Ready for Action. He's like, "That's really strong." I'm like, "Yeah, it is." And that's about when I realized, all right, this card's a keeper. Yeah, yeah. But so now, no more though. Yeah, no, nope, not for much longer. Anymore. So circling back around. They know that there are different levels within the season as they design it. What is to say they don't put some of the lower tier cards in the core in the first wave versus the fourth wave? Because they gotta sell boxes. Due to technical difficulties, our recording stopped in the middle of our podcast. We're resuming from where we think we left off. Are we? <laughs> don't know where we as much as we could. <laughs> so. I'm trying to think. So I know that we were talking about uh, Born Flight. Well, you were just talking about the, the keywords in... Um, well, yeah. Right. That was off okay, recording, so From before, right. So we're talking about the Born Flight. Born Flight. Um, and the fashion-specific stuff. the anguished one. And how I got screwed over so bad last week by the anguished one. And, and her ignoring of crit deaths. Yeah. The cancellation of our entire uh, reason to be. Yeah. <laughs> And then I was playing a game against a uh, relatively new player to our meta uh, earlier tonight. And next to me, Corey and Matt were playing. And I hear this anguishing sound. And (laughs) all I see is Blake saying WTF as I roll crit death to stop these attacks. And Corey's like, ah, that doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's nice. That's cute. As I I roll one crit, because essentially what the anguish one is... She rolls a crit, she auto-succeeds. Which is pretty awesome. Which is really awesome. Yeah. Because how many dice does she roll? She rolls three dice. Yeah. Looking for swords, albeit. But, yeah. Or, sorry, <clears throat> fury. Well, any... I mean, still, it's a, you know, 50% chance, if you're going by the math, three dice uh, of rolling a crit. Uh, that's pretty good. Yes. Of just, like, auto-succeeding. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep. She's um she's been a pretty good sniper, especially because well, she is the one that she goes up by one point of de- of health when she inspires. Which is kind of like an interesting thing to bring up is the whole dreadfane thing. Like how I guess uh uh like how common is it going to be? Do you guys think to see dreadfane warbands come season three? Absolutely. What's well, so, I mean, because it's like it's kind of hard to get well, them, right? Yeah. Like it's a little hard to get them, more. but and also, we need a firmer stance by GW on their inclusion in organized play. Right. Well, not they, the if you want. Well, as far as they've said, they're legal in the U.S. and Germany. If the tournament organizer wants it to be. Right. Yeah. Which I don't even know the Dallas Grand Clash if they are allowing them or not. That's actually something I need to look into. That's a big. That's a big you, issue. You might want to prep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got and one game in earlier. Get some banshee girls. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say banshees are definitely the the the, the bigger uh, threat. I think from those two. Yeah. 
But so that kind of um, ties into something that we talked about when our, our, our recording went down. We we're talking about all the different faction-specific stuff and how powerful each one of the war bands are going to be, and how this is going to be like a, a common theme. I think we're going to see going forward. Yeah. And you, you JT asked what we're doing now to kind of prep for the rotation already. Like how our decks are starting to look, prepping for the rotation. And I said, for me at least, cards like Change of Tactics are going out and getting automatically replaced with calculated risk. Um, yeah. You know, if you're if you're able to play that, if you're not playing Ghost or something like that. Yeah. That's yeah. not to include now. Yeah. So with the emphasis of the more aggressive playstyles in season one, um, I think. Agra is definitely going to take a step back, um, and I think the more objective-based or passive-scoring warbands are going to take two steps forward. Well, de- defensive for sure. Objective-based still needs to get a boost again because they lost all the tactical supre- on most of the tactical supremacies uh, and superiority. Well, you know, if anyone ever played that, but especially the keys, that was the big thing. Oh yeah, thing for sure. That they I, lost. I am weeping over the loss of the keys. That is the only thing I'm actually missing from season one. Yeah, that's that's. Corey's huge. sobbing into his Appletini right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gone um, two seasons, but they're getting replaced with the tomes. Like they are. The it's, big not, it's not the same, man. Uh, it's not well, the not same. for not for for more like passive defensive war bands. I definitely yeah. think the tomes is going to be the prevalent so, thing at least. Tomes Steelheart. Tomes Steelheart. Steelheart. That would be epic. There's a very <laughs> viable bloodless Steelheart list. Yeah. yeah. That. So, yeah. I think initially, so at the onset, so the 28th, I think we're going to see. The passive take the lead, the aggressive kind of fade back a little bit. But I think as the season goes on, with the concept of Gur and this bestial realm, I think we're going to see a whole lot of beat the hell out of each other oh, yeah. cards. So well, I think aggressive is going to be on the uptick the rest of the season. One thing that's really interesting to me is that I think in the core set for Beast Grave, we're getting that car in Snare, yep. yeah. which is which is Whoa. pretty neat. But if, if you look at the wording on it, uh, what, you don't think it's in the... No, I thought it was just snare, and snare. snare's the keyword. Maybe snare. Snare. Yeah. I mean, that was it. Okay, snare. So ensnare is, yeah, it's when you ignore dodge or whatever. Cleave, but for dodges. Right, but snare is the card that people were like, oh, it's just uh, a reprint of trap. But if you look at the wording, it said something about hunters. It's a hunter's attack, attack hunters action, can, right? And we know that in the upcoming uh, Beast Grave season, there's going to be a distinguish, uh, or there's going to be, there, there's, there's, there, it's going to be distinguished between hunters and what's the other word? Prey. Or, or prey. Um, quarry? Quarry. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody starts with the quarry keyword. They're granted it by certain things, either by spells or, or well, gambits. We'll see. I, I have a feeling that whatever pet may come out in Season 3 might start with it or something. You know what would be actually really awesome, and I th- don't think it's happening in Season 3, but maybe for Season 4, is something that Star Wars Destiny has actually had implemented for a while, and that is the concept of downgrades. Uh, upgrades that you put into your deck to specifically play on opponent's characters. You kind of get stuff like that with, like, what was the card you played earlier with your Banshees that, like, made adjacent fighters oh. have negative one dice? Right. Um, so it would be something... Uh, Disturbing Presence. What is it? Disturbing Presence? Uh, sounds about right. It was right. a faction-specific one yeah. Yeah, for the Banshees. Anyway. But um, the, the concept of upgrades that you can play on opponents' fighters to do certain things, like if you activate this fighter, something happens. You know, like disturbing presence, but you strap it specifically on them. 
we're seeing a little bit of this in persisting ploys, and in fact, we might see revoke come up if persisting ploys become more of a thing. Revoke is a season one. Season two. Is it? Yep. Oh. It's got a Kyodron Overload on it. Nice. Okay. Um, so on the topic of keywords and new principles, as it were, being introduced, mm -hmm. what I, I really would like GW to do, but my hopes are not high on it, I think we need revisiting of the first two seasons with these new keywords. Yes. Because there's no way that Riptooth should not have a hunter tag. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, really, all, all this is just speculation right now until we get the core set of rules. Farstrider should have the hunter tag, too. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, but until we get the core set of rules, we don't really know how these, oh, we don't. these titles apply to the fighters, right? Like, maybe it's specifically only the Beastgrave warbands. That's going to be applying to. Yeah, I mean, there is that concept in other LCGs where each year has its own theme. set of mechanics that are just for that year. Right. Yeah. So we could be seeing the start of that. We're not sure, but yeah. it will be interesting because if they go that route and hunters, per se, are only in Season 3, mm. that means that our universal pool for any non-Season 3 Warbrand is even smaller. And that's a little scary. Yeah. Well, I just don't see GW going backwards. That's the thing. Even if it's just like to simply clarify some stuff from earlier seasons. Like I think pretty much they kind of they they had the season, it had its run, and once that season's done, they're they're kind of yeah. they're so over it. What I foresee happening based on this is purely con purely speculation based on Beastgrave and the like is that we're arriving in Gur, we're taking a, a window into Gur, and they're essentially doing what Magic does with their sets every year, where we visit a new plane, a new setting, with every expansion, or nearly every expansion. Um, what we could be seeing then in Underworlds is, sure, we're in Gur now, but next year we might end up in Shaman, the realm of metal. Or uh, Ak Akushi, which is... Akushi. Akushi. Yeah. Akushi. Akushi. Um, and then eventually we'll return to Shadespire. But we'll do so <laughs> after how many years? Well, seven, right? There's seven it, more yeah. realms. They don't even have to do it after touring through all of the mortal realms. We can do like maybe three, four. I have no idea, dude. I, don't, I, yeah. I started playing with this game. I don't yeah. know any of the lore. There are many, many realms, but we don't have to visit all of them before revisiting Shadespire. And when we do, we can perhaps see what's happened to the original warbands. Like, mm. they may even reuse the same models, or they might be re-sculpts of existing models. Like, we might see, you know, uh, Gerzag, Gerzag's boys, but maybe they're all on peg legs now because <laughs> they've just fallen apart at the seams. Or maybe now it's, it's going to be Sakes Reavers. Yeah, it's going to be Sakes Reavers. Reavers. Four figures instead of five, and they're all just a little beefier. Um, or, or it's just going to be Arnos Reavers. It's going to be just Angarad. Yeah, that's it. Oberyn and Stormsire died long ago. It's just Angarad <laughs> by herself. She's the first single model warband, and she's a force to be reckoned with. She, if you miss. Attack an attack on her instead of hitting you for one, she hits you for like seventeen. Yeah, it's just, she'll, uh, she'll bashes you to death. It's, yeah. Okay. That's, that's my girl. I love Vanguard. She's she's one of the best. We'll, we'll we'll leave you two to your, each other tonight. Thanks. So, what do you guys think uh, should be like the approach that 
So, so for us personally, like in our local meta, we're really like trying to push to, you know, attract new players to make sure the game is accessible to people and to showcase it and, you know, attract as many players as we can, because overall, you know, this game is only as fun as your friends make it uh, with you. Like, I'm not going to have fun playing this game by myself. I need people to play with. Right. So the more people, the merrier. What do you guys think should be the approach for everyone else out there that's listening to this? Uh, and how they approach the season three and what this could mean for like new players and how they can use that to their advantage. Season three is by far the best jumping in point for this game. It's the cleanest rule set. It's the most accessible to warbands we've seen so far. Um, I know that I can probably personally identify with both in a relatively easy fashion. And these are probably the most cleanest sculpts we've seen in a while as well. Um, it's very visually appealing. The we've got crack on the back of the line would like to disagree it's green green stuff's for that um but i will say that the board and card formats and designs and color schemes are probably the, some of the most vibrant we've seen which is a, a very radical and welcome departure from the constant grays and maybe slight muddy browns of shadespire and nightfall and green sharp pit had some some amber in there yeah more brown although seeing the new boards i am a little worried about them being over busy <laughs> okay that's fair yeah because now you're, you're you're able to like all the tokens themselves are gonna have a big an even bigger role now oh. and you can put down a lethal hex yes yep speaking that's of which cool. i'm definitely thinking about designing up tokens for those lethal hexes that are just osha violations <laughs> in what form they're just like uh, little taped off pieces okay. of of, uh, of uh, caution tape, and it'll say OSHA violation on it. It'll be perfect. So, what war bands do we still think are going to come out? Um, well, we know. Okay, so th what the Discord and the Facebook have already done to death is we know we're getting flesh eater courts. We know we're getting iron jaws brutes. Yeah. We don't know, but we have strong inclinations. I mean, towards. if all the first two seasons are an indication, the art card, the art on the cards. Uh, only well, features not all the time. We've we, we've had some mismatches there, but yes. Yeah. Oh, I need to go look through the book. Exactly. There was some stuff in season two that did not have a season two warband associated with it. Like who? well, I mean, it still had a warband from the game though. I don't think. I mean, I have to go back and look. Yeah, because I can't think of any there, cards. There are some that reference season one warbands. Like right. Forest Riders and um, my phone. Well, oh yeah, there, there was there was specifically art from um, Ready for the Fight, which has the Gits piling up on uh, Oberon from season one. So, right, but what I'm what I'm getting at is that they're they're not showcasing you know art from stuff that's not in the game whatsoever. Yeah. So so everything that's on those cards is in the game. Yeah. Um, and to that end, we. We know based on the art that we've seen that we're getting Flesh Eater Quartz, we're getting Iron Jaws, and we're getting, uh, what's the third one? The third one is... Nurgle. Nurgle, yeah, right. We have a Nurgle wizard on a bunch of pieces of art. Uh, we now know that we're getting Grazza motorcycles. We're getting... <laughs> the Wolf Grats. <laughs> yeah, Wolf Grats. Yeah. Um, Snarl Fangs. Snarl Fangs. Pretty, pretty, pretty stoked about that. Yeah, that I'm pretty, pretty cool. stoked about that too. Um, on top of that, it would not surprise me if we got some sort of Ogren or Ogre warband. Um, probably three models, big dudes. What's the new Lizardman name? Seraphon. Yeah, they've already been teased for Blood Bowl, so I wouldn't be surprised if 
You yeah. got a Titan release across all what systems I want there. What I know is where is our next Steelheart, or not Steelhearts, uh, Stormcast Eternals Warband coming from? We already, we already have it. Dreadfane. That's it. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think that they are going to be part of Beastgrave. I think that Dreadfane is going to remain its own miniature set. Um, when they do release uh, the Mournflight and Iron Souls Contenders by themselves in new packs that they will be numbered in Dreadfane, in the Dreadfane set. Because um, people who have purchased Dreadfane and looked at it have remarked that we're only getting 60-something of the 120 cards in the set. Right. So the remaining cards will be universals that we'll get. I, it wouldn't surprise me if these two warbands got released after Beastgrave finished up, and this was in place of whatever card pack, like Echoes of Dread, which was something that I've been tossing around for like the card pack that rounded out Dreadfane, we just get it in the form of these two warbands at the end of the season. Yeah, you can see that. I think I think they'll, hopefully, maybe, I'm saying I think they'll do this, but really just wishful thinking, that they'll release that uh, during uh, Beast Grave and that the Dreadfane warbands, right, the Iron Souls Condemners and Lady Harrow's Mournflight will become a part of the Beast Grave season. And those two packs will have the inclusion of the remainder of those missing cards from the Dreadfane set. Uh, they'll, they'll be their own standalone thing to a certain degree, but for inclusive purposes, they'll be part of season yeah. three. Wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. As long as they're not two of our eight, I'll be happy with it. Hmm. Yeah, I doubt they will be. I do as well, but just throwing it out there. Fingers crossed. So, yeah. Well, what are we missing, guys? Will we not touch on? I think we've touched on just about everything, personally. Yeah, yeah. for the most part. Wow. Kind right. of just rambled for a while there on the Beast Grave <laughs> stuff, which is really what we wanted, because that's that's what yeah. everyone's talking about right now. That's, yeah. the, that's the hot topic. Yep. It is. Everyone is like, what's happening with Beast Grave? I'm getting super pumped for it. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Us as well, and especially by the next time our next episode releases, we'll probably have Beast Grave in our hands and we'll have gone through it, and we'll even have impressions. For yep. Sure. So will the rest of the community. But you know what? We're cool. We're awesome. We can do this. So maybe we can rush Corey in the edit for that one, so we can get it out a little quicker. We'll record the Monday after it drops, and yeah, whip his behind until uh, there's an episode <laughs> on like Tuesday or some <laughs> miracle. Corey, I don't want you to sleep tonight. I want you to stay up all night editing this this episode. Your job <laughs> is not important, Corey. Tuesday morning. <laughs> That's that's doable, I think. Um, all right, cool. So going forth, what are you guys' plans? We'll just do like a little quick rundown of like where you're, what you're going to be doing uh, from from now into the next episode, where you see yourself. We've got uh, a couple tournaments coming up. We've got one on the 22nd. Uh, that's this coming weekend. Which um, is an Arena Mortis. It's an Arena Mortis tournament. Which is interesting. But there's actual glass on the line, so that is going to be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to that. I'm thinking about going to that. Possible. There's a handful of people have heard. Yeah, I have to get it cleared as um, huge. I'm thinking about either taking Angarid or taking um, the Anguished One the mm-hmm. ignores Crits Lady. Because as, as soon as you die, you turn around, you get inspired, and all of a sudden... Well, you, you start inspired. Oh, you start? Even better. Yeah. Even better. How awesome is that? I yeah. feel like if 
I'm not going to be able to go that tournament. I feel like for our, if I were going to go, I would either take Festering or Hungering. One of those two. <laughs> <laughs> if they're like expendable and all the all our shenanigans on them. Yeah. Crown of Avarice. <laughs> yeah, just toss Crown of Avarice on whoever. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Crown of Avarice and the Relics are going to go straight into that upgrade deck. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm on the fence on the Relics. Yeah, I do before the, rotation. The, the mechanics... I don't know, but anyhow, um, yep. So we got that this coming weekend. Uh, I think we got the next weekend off. Or no, twenty eighth. Um, yeah, the twenty eighth is another twenty eighth. Well, the twenty eighth is the release. Twenty eighth is the release, and it's a GW tournament. Yeah. Oh, is that City Walk? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that throws a little wrench in our plans to host it, a demo day. Interesting. Okay, we'll have to revisit that idea. Um, Correct. We'll also have to talk with City Walk and go, "Hey, this is on B Square release day." What, what are you sure doing? Sure, you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, um, and we pressured them into putting the date up early. <laughs> yeah, um, we also last time they did last time they had something like this, they actually put off their tournament by a week to allow players enough time to actually do this. They yep. did this with um, the Malog tourney. Originally, yeah. yep. the the tournament was going to be like we go to Columbus on Saturday and then we go to City Walk on Sunday, and uh, City Walk wound up postponing which is fine yeah um but then the fifth there's the dragon's eye tournament yes which is probably gonna be the biggest turnout for players in our area correct because it is the first major convergence of different georgia metas that we've seen in a while right and we'll be meeting a lot of these people for the first time some some of us have already gone up and actually met with them and game with them for a bit but for majority of us yeah who are these people? I'm really excited yeah. to, to like to actually meet other play, uh, you know, players at a local tournament that I've never met, seen, or any of this type of stuff before. Like that's really cool. I'm looking forward to linking up. Yeah. So, I do appreciate this perspective, but I do want to bring up some local stuff that has been brewing. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna roll up in there with our A game? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm just throwing that out there. I know yeah, that there I'm was a little bit of a face when I win. There was a little bit of a scuffle on our discord concerning well, that was that was a you know, that was a different venue altogether was it yeah oh my yeah. bad so I, for, for I any, apologize then yeah for any you know my bad that is completely my mistake listeners, <laughs> you're good any listeners still listening right now you know my condolences first off hey, <laughs> i don't know why you're still listening jeez but uh just to explain things one of our players went up to um to a local shop that was hosting a tournament um, you know, there's a bunch of players that none of us have met before. We didn't even know this place existed. So kind of trying to, you know, cultivate that, that community. Uh, one of our players went up there to play them. He brought a net deck of a Thorns deck, which I don't remember what it was. It wasn't even Dean Bills, was it? No, it was, uh, it was John, John Reese's. Yeah. So, um, but in fairness, this particular player had been playing Thorns since their inception. He took yeah. them to LVO last year. Mm-hmm. And so placed eighth, I want to say uh, top ten. I remember. I don't know. Yeah, he, he was in the top ten. But yeah, he, he did, did well. Either way, yeah. So he won the tournament, and it wasn't. It doesn't even seem like it was a blowout. Like it was actually a really tight win. I think he more or less kind of like squeaked on by. But there was uh, some issues saying, "Hey, you know, it's not cool to be, uh, you know, this competitive player, quote unquote, show up." And you know, beat all your local players and then take their trophy and leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there was a little bit of like, you know, uh, debate going back and forth on that. I think it pretty much was just a big. 
it was blown out proportions. Oh, it like absolutely that. was. Yeah. So it, did ulti- it did ultimately get settled too. It's so, not yeah. anything that's no, still yeah, leaving no. her feelings. But the takeaways from this is if you're going to you know play in some small group, you know people that aren't really that competitive. Sure, you know, tone down your game just a little bit. Maybe try out some experimental decks and stuff like that. Like, mess around. But if you're, like, a really competitive player and you're going to play with people that aren't really competitive players, you know, take that in consideration. For this Dragon's Eye tournament, though, this is being... that's expected to be yeah. around 16, hopefully more, players. Like, I'm bringing my A game. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. If you advertise it as a tournament, it is a competitive event. Mm-hmm. If you advertise it as a gaming day, sure, I'm going to bring my experimental decks i'm not going to play so mm-hmm. strict i'm going to be a little bit loose with stuff but if you if there are stakes if for example i pay an entry fee oh yeah do not expect me to play with anything less than the best right. or at least as much of the best as i can bring cuz dice and cards and demeanor are always factors. choice of warband and choice of warband and choice of deck building <laughs> and choice of actually playing well and you know they love that meme of someone trying to fit like that 50 cal bullet into like a little nine mil pistol yeah like, that, that was me i posted that was that did you actually <laughs> yeah that, that was mean? that was that's Corey. Awesome. that was me <laughs> i didn't know if you actually made that meme or not yeah no that was Corey. yeah that, what that was, was it what, what did the bullet say it was it was my dice roll or no the 50 cal bullet was like my uh, tweaked deck based on yeah. life experience and science and yeah, you know, like math. Soul searching. Soul searching. <laughs> and then the, the, the wee little clock was uh, <laughs> my dice rolls. Yeah. Dice rolls. My ability to play good. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Well, in the meantime, I'm going to be prepping for the Dallas Grand Clash. Um, I'm going to really uh, hope to go there and represent the Atlanta crew. And, uh, you know, the Crypt Def crew especially, possibly take home some glass. How epic would that be? You're going to do awesome. us proud. Regardless, we're going to be proud of you. I think You're going to do great. That's You're not true. come home a hero. Glass or don't come home. <laughs> yeah. I'll just walk home if There's I don't get a tale, win it. A, a tale of two I'm Crypt Defs. take your keys so that you can't get back into your apartment <laughs> yeah. until you win glass. So, so uh, anyone who knows me already knows what Warband I'm bringing. I don't want to say it over the, you know, over the episode, just in case... There's that one guy out there. It's like, oh, what's he bringing? Uh, Godsworn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm really hoping to win with those guys because they haven't won anything part of the Shadespire era yet. Right? They haven't mm-hmm. won any big events yet. So They've maybe, placed, for sure. Yeah, but They've maybe I can be that guy. Yeah. yeah, just watch out for all those 8,000 curse breakers. Yeah, all the Thundrix, uh, curse breakers, and Mologs are going to be running yeah. around. So fun little side of, side note for those of you who play AOS and have looked at the war scroll for the Godsworn hunt they are specifically stormcast hunters nice they get an extra bonus like they get to re-roll some dice if their targets are stormcast that is that needs to be in the main game it needs <laughs> to be in the main <laughs> the, game yeah why is this not an actual mechanic <laughs> but but that's like that's their lore is that you know they're the Godsworn hunt and their quarry is stormcast eternal oh my god yeah that's that, not badass. I don't know what it is. That, I really wish that was part of the main game. Yeah. Because I already, when I started playing Godsworn, I, I custom built them to take down Curse Breakers because I hate them so much. <laughs> Screw those guys. Screw those yeah. guys. <laughs> cool. So, for me, um, I'm probably going to spend the next week getting some narrative play ready for our local Warcry group. Nice. And then I'm hoping that the week after that, so next week, um, we have gotten the card drop. From Beastgrave, and I'm going to be coming the ever-living hell out of it. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still tweaking Banshees. I'm probably going to be doing that until our Dragon's Eye tournament and seeing how well they can actually do. And if they do well, yay. And if not, then I'll move on to something else. Mm -hmm. They'll do well. I mean, the Banshees are going to be they're going to be strong. Yeah. But I think they'll be stronger as the Beast Grave season progresses. Right. Initially, they might be where everyone else is. Kind of. No, they're going to be pretty strong. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, um, there we'll are two we'll, dodges uninspired. We'll, we'll, yeah. Just all Dude, the their score immediately are so dumb, though. Like, dumb in a good way, but still. <laughs> your opponent like, goes on guard. Yes, yeah, so your opponent goes on guard, score, to, score glory. So we'll see how good that is because the guard rule is being changed, but we're losing a lot of our uh, our objectives that care about it. Um, pass through or pass through two objectives during a single move activation. Easy. It's like an auto score. Assuming they're there. Huh? Yeah, well, okay, so opening activation is often when I score this thing. In first, second, or third turn. Only if you draw it. Um, hold an odd or an even objective. This is a score immediately still. Just stand be stand there in an odd or an even and an even objective and score it. Um, there was one game I was playing against Mitchell where I scored it after scoring another score immediately. I drew it and I was like, oh, I hold these two. Okay. Scores this. Keeps going. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I do agree. They'll be strong. Cool. Well, exciting things are around the corner. Yes. Indeed. Um, what big calendar events do we have the remaining year? Do we have anything? Calendar after what? the 5th? After, after No, not, not just locally, but nationally. I know oh, Matt's going events? to Dallas at the yeah, end of the month. I think, I think yeah. that's really it. It's just the Dallas Grand Clash, which is like the last official event for the Shadespire era. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of it. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else on the books. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to keep our eyes peeled. Yeah, and dear it. listener, if you hear it, let us know. Yeah. Yes, please. Oh, before we sign off, uh, let's let's mention Facebook group, right? So we're gonna we're we're putting up a Facebook group. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, that should be up and running. So if you guys want to get in communication with us, go on Facebook. Look up uh, CritDef, right? Uh, Corey, probably CritDef podcast. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be... and it's gonna be a page, not a group, so you don't have to join anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. You follow it. Should, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not the tech guru here. I don't know these fancy terms, group and page, whatever. Oh, good man. But uh, go go to the Facebook page and you know leave us a comment, whatever. Um, some feedback was is definitely gonna be much appreciated. And one thing we want to kind of get into is kind of doing this like deck building thing with our listeners, right? So if you yeah. guys have ideas for stuff that you wanna maybe have us take a crack at we'll uh make like an episode where we just sit around uh have some brews and try to put together a deck based on your suggestions so go on there and talk about that please yeah i would like to elaborate on that um the builds would probably be like oh yeah what warband do you want us to build with there can be some super obvious choices sure but also specific prompts like mm -hmm. the deck must build around this card or yeah. this objective or this fighter or this fighter yeah. We will ignore trolling. Just throwing that out there. Or will we? Unless it's Molog. Yeah, if it's Molog, we can't ignore it. <laughs> and now I have two dads. Hey! You <laughs> up for that one, <laughs> Cool. And on that note, I think we can call it an evening. Yeah. Thank so, you so much for listening to the Crit Dev Podcast. Yeah. This is Matt. JT. And Corey. Signing off. <laughs>
Good luck, good luck, Corey. <laughs> All your editing. For those of you sitting at home, I'm also wearing earbuds doing live sound monitoring, and I just got the biggest earful of the biggest belch. <laughs> I wait until you don't end the sentence, so you should be able to cut it out. Should being the operative word in that sentence. Oh no, last time we recorded... I think there was a couple of things. I'm like, oh, we'll cut that out, and it definitely made the cut. It definitely got on. Uh, there, the there, half the time I'm listening, and I want, I hear you guys go, oh, he'll cut it out in post. No, I won't. 